are recording now. Um, okay, so like I said, you know, the objective of this podcast is to find the easiest way to share the information of Rangers, past, present, and future, to to the community. Uh, I've tried asking guys to write things, but we're not the most we're not the best writers. So I think just telling stories. We like to tell stories, and um, I think USARA is a very a, a huge part of the Ranger community, and um, I, I personally would like to see that it continue to grow and materialize into the new, newer, younger Rangers. So, how do we how do we educate them on what USARA is and what USARA does? Go around the room and say who everybody is. I'm going to introduce like so. There'll be a section that I introduce every single one of you. See, he's smart. I'm just going to shut uh, up. So we'll just. We'll, <laughs> We'll skip that part. I'm here for my good looks. I'll explain (laughs) who everybody is. Um, But but for anybody listening, we have the incoming, the outgoing president. We have the secretary. We have the uh, treasurer. And we have a regional director from the Northeast. So we're very well represented today. Um, I will start with uh, Travis. I'll ask you, you know, how about a brief, for those who don't know, just a brief history about USARA. Where, where, where did it start? So USARA started in the early 1970s. Uh, it came out of the Florida Ranger Camp. Uh, prior to that time, uh, there had been a number of other Ranger organizations and associations, but they had all been era-based. They had, you had a, a two major World War II Ranger associations. You had one for Korea. You had a, a handful of them for the Vietnam era that eventually became the 75th Ranger Regiment Association, but they're uh, there was nothing that was out there to encompass the entire Ranger community. So uh, uh, now, uh, now retired Colonel Tucker, uh, who was the commander of the Florida Ranger camp at the time, a number of his RIs, uh, and uh, a handful of the guys from the uh, World War II Ranger Association that was at that time called the RBA, or the Ranger Battalions Association, uh, got together down in Fort Walton Beach and kick some ideas around, and, and what came out of that was the U.S. Army Ranger Association. Uh, the association was relatively small for the first couple of decades. Uh, like, like everything Rangers do, there were a lot of growing pains that went into uh, bringing it about. Uh, some of those growing pains were, uh, were, were, were really painful because they led to some of the divides in, uh, in the Ranger veteran community that you see today. That, that's primarily why you have USARA and the Worldwide Army Rangers uh, that essentially have the same membership base because there was a split uh, from about 20, 25 yeah. years ago. Uh, so that, that's where it came from. Uh, about uh, 12 to 15 years ago, there was a recognition that it needed to do more than just be a, a, a group of guys that got together one year, once a year for drinking beer. Uh, and so you started to have a series of presidents that uh, attempted to, uh, to start to give back to the Ranger community and to build programs within USARA that uh, what became more than just an opportunity to socialize once a year. Mm. And that has led to the state of the organization today. Awesome. No, that's great. And it leads me right into another great question to the, uh, the regional leadership. You know, you joined USARA. What, what led you to want to kind of make your make yourself known as a north region northeast region leadership to say you know hey let's start let's start focusing on like let's take it down to a to a, a community level at this point 
Yeah, I mean, easily the number one thing you'll you'll hear from guys who want to engage is because they they like the brotherhood. They like being a ranger and still want to associate with that caliber of person uh, and, and then shares a common background, obviously. Uh, every now and again, uh, you'll hear guys that kind of want to leave uh, their rangering in their past, but, but by and large, most people still want to associate and, and be part of that. And so at the more of the regional level, we like to engage the local guys. We can be a little bit more active in the day-to-day kind of lives of the rangers there we keep them engaged locally um, we've been trying to up in the northeast not just kind of uh, create events where guys can get back together but also kind of explore what they're doing now so you know are you an electrician or a welder or whatever you know how can all of us rangers in this in the same communal area help each other out so it's a great way to locally keep tabs with all your ranger brothers but also uh-huh. see what we can do for and, each other and for you personally what what does it do for you well it gives me a sense of pride and uh you know community to still be within the ranger group um you know and i can give back uh to the community that i got so much from when i was uh, in first battalion great no, that's, that's that's really great um I'll skip to you, Rick. I'll ask you, um, you know, why, why is it important for the younger Rangers to join USARA? Well, I was informed. Or an association. I was informed at this meeting that I was no longer a young Ranger, so uh, <laughs> I can't speak to that. Um, you know, going to Ranger school, I was not in a battalion, but going to Ranger school had a profound impact on me personally uh, and my life, my career, uh, and, and you know, now, you know, I get to hang out with guys, you know, just a couple of years ago, these World War II guys, the Merrill's Marauders are here and hearing their stories, you know, I get to hang out with heroes. And so it's not only the Ranger, you know, being a part of hanging out with the, the Ranger Brotherhood, but, uh, you know, in many cases, literally hanging out with heroes. And, and I, I just like being a part of that. I like to give back, I believe, in what the Rangers do every day. And uh, for younger Rangers, you know, there's... There's opportunities for mentorship. There's opportunities for, uh, you know, jobs. There's opportunities to uh, maintain that connection to the Ranger Brotherhood. And, you know, that's, that's part of why, you know, I, I stick around. That's why I'm involved. And, and uh, you know, I really like it. And I, and I think everybody at this table understands that, like, this, this involvement is not passive. This involvement is active, right? You know, like I think that's a, a big disconnect that we have is that it takes an active involvement in something like this. Much to sometimes to our we we tend to put other things at a less of a priority to, to keep that active engagement going on, um, and it, it really comes down to the our most valuable asset is time. So how do we entice them? to join this organization and you give us their valuable asset, which is the time, the time to come to the, the muster here, the time to come to events around the country. Um, so I asked Tom, as the incoming uh, president, what do you see ESARA's future looking like in the next you know, year to two years? I, 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 and I'd like to go with the, 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 what you've been talking about all day, recruit, retain, and, and recognize, and recognize right. you know that uh, that's a that's 
not only going to help encourage and the lifeblood of the people that actually are behind the scenes, like running the organization, you know, we don't do it for the credit, but giving giving the leadership that underneath of you, the small little bit of attaboys, I think that they they provide such a, an amount of fuel to to keep them going. So um, well, I would, I would say historically, and looking back at Butch and Travis, I mean, trem tremendous job in providing the glide path for the organization. No reason to change that glide path. Simply looking at what is it that we do, make sure that we're properly resourced in the terms that we commit to accomplishing as organizational and look at some of the systems and processes we have in place and continue to improve upon them. Um, but basically it comes back to as I think we're talking about is how do we get back to the Ranger community? In my, my personal situation is, I mean, I looked at my military experience as a defining experience of my life. I would not be where I am today had I not had that. As a result of that, I feel a responsibility and an obligation to give back to the Ranger community originally in the Southwest region, and now I have an opportunity to continue that process at the, at the national level. And what it does for me personally, it gives me a tremendous amount of what I'll call psychic income, the satisfaction of being able to bring the guys together, because as I've talked to the new members that come on board in the Southwest, one of the region, reasons, the primary reason they come on board, and I call every new member when they do, is they say they come on board for the camaraderie. So they're looking for people of like, like mind people who they can share their experiences with and associate with in engaging in activities that further the ranger community is what it comes down to. Absolutely, yeah. Um, just because you're here, Bob, uh, we're, we're recording a USARA podcast right now, and I, I'll ask you, why, why are you a member of the United States Army Ranger Association? Well, I came on board because uh, Wade Lenica, who used to be the Southeast Regional Director, asked me to come on board, and the more I got involved, the more I got involved, and it was... <laughs> Um, you know, the joy of coming down here and associating with, you know, the antiques, I call them. <laughs> um, you get to sit at the big boy table. Yeah, I get, yeah that's it. That's, uh, Billy Smith made some rude comment about that the other night. But anyhow, uh, uh, I just enjoy being here and sharing the stories and sharing the camaraderie and just being part of a larger, larger community. Okay, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm very fortunate that we get to come to events like this, like the muster. You know, last year was a great experience having, you know, what 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 started as a tragedy for an organization turned into a pretty cool thing. And it sounds like you were that USARA and 75th RA are potentially going, you know, running forward possibly with that uh, shared space here, which will, in, I, I believe increase the participation and the camaraderie that we are you know that, that's what we're coming down here for we're coming down here to to meet with our friends to see new ones to um you know tell the tell the young guys that back when it was hard and uh you know ad admire them for what they're doing now that we definitely could not have done um you know our coming back to the muster how is how is planning for this event been for you uh, <laughs> A lot of fun. <laughs> um, no, it, it, I had the chance to go through it, it in this position last year, but I had just taken over the reins, and it was sort of chaotic and frantic and crazy. And my background in 
career doesn't lend itself to that. So I had to get I had to get my arms wrapped around it and get it organized. Not that it wasn't, but I had to get it organized the way I needed it organized and uh, for me to effectively execute it. And um, it was a great experience. I every everyone helped. I mean, it was not me planning it. It was me making a list of what needed to happen and then reaching out to this guy and this guy and this guy. And, and we all worked collaboratively together to effectively pull it off. So good. It was, it's, it has been a fight. It's been a fun week. And, you know, we're, we're very fortunate that we were able to have a presence here, you know, starting, starting something that will potentially grow with the amount of people that continually show up to these uh, annual events. The, the idea that I conceived about kind of trying to do our Derby Project classes was here is an opportunity for a lot of people to be in the same area at the same time. And it goes back to our desire to want to get more s um, synchronized on the Ranger Assistance part. I think it goes further than just the, that Ranger Assistance fund. It goes through every single process um, in regards to helping another ranger, whether it's financial, whether it's mental, physical, we all need to be saying the same thing. We all need to be going down the same path and learning and, and using that same structure to then come back and use times like this to, to really create um, question and answer or revision processes of like, this wasn't working, I started doing this. Um, but if we're all trying to fend for ourselves and, and create our own uh, wheels, then it becomes very difficult. Uh, people tend to run over each other. Um, you know, Carl, you've you've been uh, at the wheel of this for for a very long time. You know, how does how do other non how do other ranger focused nonprofits help USARA in its mission to to get exposure? Like, you know, you're I mean, asking me how they do. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I, I don't know that they do. Um, Thanks for knocking over the microphone. Yeah, that's okay. Kahunk. Um, I don't know that they do, but I don't want to speak on their behalf because because I'm not I'm not necessarily there. I guess that was. But uh, but but I would say if they're not, they're missing out on a great opportunity because the ranger community is one community, and and we because rangers are very hard headed and opinionated individuals, and sometimes would rather bonk their foreheads together than have just a discussion about what the issue is and how can we resolve it. That kind of attitude leads to fragmented ranger organizations and things going on in different places that are not, they're not necessarily counterproductive, but they fragment the effort. So it makes it harder for you to provide solid assistance for uh, one particular line of thought or line of support that you want to provide. We had, <clears throat> there, there have been over the last couple of years, people that don't know, rangers that don't know what the greater community is trying to do and so they come out and they say, hey, I've got a great idea. I want to help rangers. Let me go do this. And then they start throwing things out on social media to try to get support, not realizing that there are existing organizations that already do that. And so now they're, they're generating confusion. And, you know, doing a GoFundMe page is great if your cat is sick or something. But if, <laughs> if you have uh, just uh, we'll, we'll use a recent active duty casualty, somebody throws a GoFundMe page up. This is not a ranger. This was on the Air Force side. Uh, and actually, it wasn't active duty casualty. It was, a, it was a veteran that had passed away from cancer. But all of a sudden, GoFundMe pages go up, 
And people go, well, I know that guy. I'm going to share it. Well, do you know, do you even know if the family of that veteran is the one that did the GoFundMe page or is it Joe Schmo that's over in England that wants to make some extra bucks that's doing it? There's no oversight over a GoFundMe page. It's the worst way in the world to try to support somebody that has a need if they're active duty or if they're a veteran. You need to come to an organization if they're a ranger, come to the U.S. Army Ranger Association, come to the Darby Project and say, here's the need. What can you guys do? Because we know the things that are out there, both governmental-wise and nonprofit-wise, and we can make things happen. And there's oversight, which is extremely important. No oversight, you have no idea. You, yeah, it feels good to give 100 bucks to that effort, but did you just send it over to Pakistan, right? You just you don't know. Or, did you, or oftentimes, do you, did you delay what's the inevitable, or did you, you know... Yeah, and, and, and if you have a, a certain dollar amount of the GoFundMe, I think they hold it until you hit that amount. So, you know, you, it, it's are we, just... Are we enabling bad habits? That's what I was yeah, uh, I, I, was I think that's, that's the real quick feel-good thing that is not the way to do it. Yeah. And, and i got to backtrack one because I want to say, and I hope that you go around before this is done and ask each one to tell their background because we've got Vietnam veterans here, we've got Desert Storm veterans, we've got post-9-11 veterans, the, the men sitting around this table here have I don't know how many hundreds if you had Doc in there's probably like 300 years of service <laughs> sitting around the table yeah. but but what got me sold on the U.S. Army Ranger Association was sitting in an annual Ranger muster in an arm across the table from Len Lamel hearing Len Lamel talk about how he put the thermite grenades on the German cannons at the top of Point de Hoc yeah. and I'm getting chills right now talking about it because who else gets to sit at a table with Len Lamell and hear him tell that story, right? And hearing Tom Herring talk about when he landed with the 5th Ranger Battalion, he's going on the beach, the only thing he could think about was he had to find a shell hole because he had to take a shit. He didn't care about anybody shooting at him. He just, and, and but to hear these stories, I mean, the, that history is rapidly slipping away from us. But we still have a few of the Korean, we still have a few of the World War II and, and Merrill's Marauders left, we have a few Korean War. We got a bunch of Vietnam veterans left. Come to these. Come to the arms. Come to the Ranger reunions and and rub elbows with this history because it's not always going to be here, and it's amazing to do. Well, then I, I mean, to further on that, then rub elbows with the Operation Red Wing uh, uh, veterans mm-hmm. yeah, and right, right. the Roberts Ridge veterans and the the outcome of 17 plus years of combat that we've already been into sit down and have breakfast with command sergeant major bird so, yeah you know, it's and, like and we need to get right? them in the organization because 20 years from now pray god we're at peace at that time then young rangers are going to be looking at these guys like well, you were on operation red wings but tell me what that was like tell me that that history has to be passed down and this is a mechanism that facilitates it absolutely and these active duty guys, I mean, I went after the uh, event last night down to the Scruffies and, uh, you know. Yeah, we saw you down there partying it up. Yeah, uh, I saw you. This lady, in. I saw you get a couple numbers. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, man, I was all over. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, we were, so Caldwell and I were walking down the street. We had parked further further away. We were walking down, turned the corner. I saw a couple guys. I said, hey, which way to Scruffies? And this guy looked at me and he put his arm around me and you know he's like 24 25 years yeah. old and started leading me down there he said you're a ranger aren't you and I said, yeah man and so and you know we went because all the young guys that came to the event invited us sure and they said yeah come out over there and i've had that same experience when i've gone to the 
1st uh, Battalion uh, events and the 5th uh, and 6th RTB events. And you know, just it's a welcoming community. And it's a, it's a brotherhood. And I, you know, I, uh, I was uh, one of the original people in the 1st Battalion. And then I left and I went into business and I was gone. And I, I fell out of touch for almost 30 years. Wow. And what I mean, what impact did it have when you finally re, like it's reattached? All I want to do for the rest of my life is spend it around Rangers. I mean, that is I spent so much time and living in so many different places around so many different types of people, and sometimes I, you know, I just was like lonely for friendship, and uh, I probably had five friends in my whole life, you know, except for the Ranger community. And then uh, I reunited with Doc Donovan, and then I started getting involved again. And all I want to do is is give back. Like Tom, it informed my entire life. I mean, that time frame was created the adult person, business person, family person that I was for all those years. But to be I'm, I guess what I'm saying is don't let yourself become one of those that loses touch for 30 years because it's, you're going to regret it. Yeah. It's a, it leaves a void that's being filled now, but it was just like a waste of time. So if I had been able to just fall into a community and wherever I ended up and link up with some rangers where I could just sit down and be part of the brotherhood it would have can i ask what was your reception when you after being gone for 30 years were, were you a little nervous about coming back like what what would they think if this guy's been gone for 30 years all of a sudden comes back how was that for you well mike ranger tried everything he could to discourage me but, <laughs> <laughs> but he does that to anybody whose last name is not ranger i didn't He's just I didn't <laughs> uh, no uh you know i mean I walked back in with Doc Donovan and Delonica, and you know we I mean, we were best friends for so many years, and it was. And even though he stayed in and had a brilliant career doing something important in the world, he didn't you know miss a beat. And I said, you know, I sort of regret not sticking with it and doing this. And he went, ah, you know, you did what you needed to do, and everybody needs to do what they need to do, and dip something different. And, you raised a family and you had a brain life, so don't worry about it. But I wasn't, uh, I was well received immediately, as I am everywhere I go by any ranger, any on any age level. The young guys accept us old guys, and the old guys love the young guys, and it's just a vertical brotherhood that is continuous. You know, when y'all chew the same dirt, multi generational. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, uh, yeah, again, thank you guys for sitting down and having this discussion. Um, you can find more out at ranger.org. Uh, put those links up on the podcast as well. Um, uh, again, thanks, guys. Cool. Thank you. Thank you.